You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What? It's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. It's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks. We have a guest pick this week, and we have a great one for you. We are looking at Partners in Crime, the 2008 episode that actually kicked off the season of David Tennant's actually last season, full season of Doctor Who. And it actually also brings back Donna Noble as a full-time companion. So, it was very interesting to watch again. It's probably been at least five years since I've seen this one. And it'll be a lot of great time to talk about it. And let me introduce the person who picked this one. You want to, Melanie, you want to say hey to everyone? Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Melanie Dean. I got to pick this time this uh, episode here of Partners in Crime. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes. You, If you hear this voice, you're like, wait, Melanie, I think I remember her. I'm over at the Legend of the Traveling TARDIS podcast. Um, so that's probably where you're hearing me from. Otherwise, you might have seen me around the Southeast uh, at different comic conventions, as I am also a portrait artist. So hello, everybody. That is awesome. And she's a really talented artist, folks. You know, I can attest for it. And she is all around Whovian, beyond Whovians. Her knowledge was great. The couple times I've been sitting in with her and Christian, it's been awesome. And, you know, the big question for you, though, is who is your doctor? Oh, good Lord. Okay, so I'm one of those people who will split it into classic and new. Uh... Classic is always my doctor is always the fourth doctor. He was my first doctor. He's the one I'm always going to have memories watching with my father on um, with P- on PBS and new who it's oh my God. I'm going to go with the 10th doctor. If we had more nine, it would be nine. If we had more nine, I, I know it would, it would be nine, but still. It would have been interesting to see what nine would have been like further on, you know, after the first season, see how, you know, the character would have evolved, how, you know, Rose would have interacted with him and such. So very cool to see what would have happened. But it's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we'll promote uh, your Traveling TARDIS podcast at the end of the show. And definitely, it's really awesome, the stuff Christian's doing. And it's like, almost feels like he's recording every other day with it lately. Mm -hmm. And so he's been keeping you busy, which is good. 
Oh, absolutely. The, well, the, the good that one of those little shining things that you could say good about uh, the quarantine with COVID and, and whatnot is that a lot of people have have free time and uh, we can be a captive audience. So we've been very fortunate in being able to get a lot of interviews. So every other minute it's like, hey, are you available? Yes. Just we've just been recording a lot. So our break time will happen afterwards. Yeah. You know, after everyone goes back to work, it'll be like everything will disappear. But yeah. it'll be good. Take advantage of it as much as you can right now. You know, sometimes, you know, because you guys do the show live now, it's like you have to be ready for everything. You have to be ready to be prepared to talk to celebrities or just conversations between yourself about different Doctor Who topics and such. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So awesome. Well, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you here tonight. Thank you. And of course, we have our regulars here. Let's, of course, welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you this week, sir? I am peachy keen and ready to lose some weight. Oh, I think we all are. I think, you know, we're ready to let the fat just walk away. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and of course, we have Miss Mary Ogle, who, who is just perfect in almost every way. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Hi, everybody. It is spectacular to be here. Oh, uh, Mary, it's awesome to have you here. And it's going to be a good one to talk about. Uh, you know, we might as well, you know, say hey to everybody. And if you guys want to jump in at home, please let us know what you thought about this episode. Please write us back at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Definitely would love to hear from you guys. And, you know, have fun with Doctor Who. We're still not getting any new Doctor Who until the holiday season. And after that, I think we're going to be waiting quite a bit longer. Hello. Time. So Trial of the Time Lord might be getting closer and closer, as we like to say. <laughs> We're going to run out of other things to review. No, we might go through the whole big finish library before we, <laughs> before we go ahead. That'll and take do. us the next 40 years. <laughs> so I think we're okay for right now, and Trial will still be at the end. That is it. If you ever hear <laughs> us do Trial of the Time Lord, you know the series is over. We're done. We're throwing in the towel. So... Well, we're we're about halfway there, right? This is two fifty. Yeah, this is two fifty. Yep. So, so we've, uh, I think we've, uh, we we've, we've about uh, re uh, reviewed about half of the uh, the episodes thus far, the stories thus far, including classic and new. That's cool. Well, it's surprising though how much we still haven't reviewed. You would think, oh, we've talked about so much on the show that we, you know, but we. You were the other day, you were telling me you went through and actually cataloged the episodes we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took us, it took me, you know, over 200 and some episodes to finally go, wait, you should write these down. <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe keep track. Yeah, and when, so, it, it got really bad. It got really bad going back with uh, Google you know, going into our Google notes and say, did we review this episode yet? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I got really curious just because, um, you know, we are on episode 250, which is pretty amazing. And, uh, but I was wondering like, you know, how many do we have left? Cause it seems like, you know, it seems like we're coming up shy of some, uh, obviously, you know, we are, we've run out of official uh, eight doctor stories and some of the other doctors as well. So I just wanted to see, you know, what we had and what we had left. So, but it looks at like we've, we reviewed about uh, a little less than half of the stories thus far. Oh, wow. Okay. So I know we have some Sylvester's left. We still have 
Do we have any Colin Baker left? I think we have might have one. No, we're done. We're done. We're done with Colin. We're, we're done, done with Colin. <laughs> okay, we're good. Okay. Are you just saying that? <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's I think there's one story outside of Trial of Timeline that we haven't done. Okay, and I know we have some Doctor Five, but we did him last week, so it's gonna be a little bit before we see him again. Uh, we have the Fourth Doctor coming up, and I know we next week we're doing the uh, Third Doctor. So, yep. so I know we got that coming up and I know we're eventually going to do the faceless ones when that comes out. And there's still a few um, second doctor we haven't done, but the second doctor is a little tricky because we also did some second doctor on earth station one before we started this podcast. So we, th- those are now canon that we can now jump back in and watch again for the show here. Which is exactly why you know what why we're recording this one as well as a lot of other uh, tenth doctor uh, and we're we've got uh, ninth doctor and even some eleventh doctor stories that we can do because yeah we've decided to you know not count all those ones that we did on our station one well you know we have to you know do all those stories with Doctor Ruth too now so that's pretty <laughs> awesome so it but, should be but not awesome. Doctor Phil thank God we're done with Doctor Phil. Oh, I'm glad we're done, Dr. Phil. That's the best part about it. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, and we're going to still be splashing some big finish in between. So oh, sure. we, de- we definitely have a lot. I know I think in or two episodes, I think we might even have uh, chapter two of the Pet and Oster Gang. So it should be actually kind of cool to talk about. So we've definitely got stuff to talk about with Big Finish. Um, we'll eventually jump in with the Eighth Doctor because he has some great stories out there that we haven't touched on yet. So, you know, there's companions the doctors had that we've never even seen that are all big finished companions. So it should be a lot of fun to see. And yeah, of I'm, course, we also have River Song coming back. So, you know, he's an Arfie. Well, there's a lot still a lot to cover, you know, and that's good because we, you know, as we discussed before, outside of uh, the Dal- the upcoming Dalek episode, we're probably not, I doubt we'll get New Who until uh, 2022. Mm, that's a very good possibility. very late 2021. Yes. And, you know, of course, the rumors are still going out there. Oh, this next season is Jody's last season. She's going to be gone at the end. And it's like... That rumor is out every season, every doctor. Well, to be fair, though, a lot of doctors do three and done. Yes. So this will be her third. So, um, you know, if she sticks to that rule, then it may be her last one. No, most definitely. So I think we... We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I'd like to see her stay longer. I'd like... I'd like to see her stay past Chibnall. I would love. I'd like to see. see I'd like oh, to see I'd her. love to see her stay past Chibnall. <laughs> I'd like to yeah. see her in a good season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, just not one or two good episodes. I want to see her. Yeah, an actual very, good season. Exactly. Oh God! Somebody was talking to me the other day about it, and they were like, "Going, well, you know, the rumor is that maybe you know, RTD might come back," and it's like, no. I, I don't want to see Russell T Davies come back. I'd like to see. He's not. Like yeah, he's not coming back. No. Yeah. He's doing his own stuff. No, I heard exactly. that Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat had a love child, and that's who's going to be the showrunner. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, and that's 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 part of the fun with it is, you know, 
who knows who the next showrunner is going to be. And I hope they have a better comprehension of what Doctor Who is than what's currently going on. So mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. <sighs> so much for not having any news to talk about this week. So, and, <laughs> But happy 250th anniversary, you guys. We made it. 250 Woo-hoo! episodes. Woo-hoo! God, it feels like we've been doing this so much longer. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, the, well, because, you know, we reached, Earth Station One reached 250 a lot quicker because that was always weekly. We're only weekly here when we do new Doctor Who. Otherwise, we're, you know, going through and not knowing, you know, every other week because, you know, we're trying to spread things out and everything. We had one, <laughs> at one point even talked about going every three weeks, but then we thought, nah, people will forget us. So, nah. We're going to be okay with that. But it's it's great. You know, this is a big achievement. Most po- podcasts don't make it past its 10th episode. So we are 250 in, and we got a lot more to go. So I think we're in good shape. And, you know, we have lots of cool people joining us, like Melanie, and it's really awesome. And so let's jump in with both feet, and let's talk all about Partners in Crime. <laughs> We are going back to April 5th, 2008. This is a 12-year-old episode already. That is just crazy. Wow. Uh, That makes me feel old. So let's, um, you know, Melanie, I'm going to put you in the hot seat here. Yay! Why why did you pick this one? It's honestly one of my favorite episodes uh, because it's... It's not a typical Doctor Who episode in the new Who world. It's not, doesn't follow the same kind of formula of, okay, we now arrive to a, a planet. We're going to go, so, or probably somewhere on Earth. But we, we, we've arrived. There's the bad stuff happening. Let's go solve it. Okay, we're done. In the sense that the Doctor and the Companion are already set. They've already got their relationship. They, it, it doesn't have the big monster that's terrorizing everything. This one was a little bit more classic in its sense, and it was a lot more slapstick, which I'm a huge fan of sight gags. It just felt like an old, not just necessarily Doctor Who episode, but just it harkened back to a classic style of filming for like just television in general, where you have the two people who don't run into each other until well it's past the halfway point. And then you have that brilliant sight gag between the two of them that are, is just flat out miming. And it's just, it's so rooted in comedy. That's why I just absolutely love this. I just love this episode. No, totally understand that. And you're completely right. It is hearkened to more slapstick comedy, more, you know, they just miss each other by inches at times, literally throughout this whole episode. And it was... It was very, very well done. I loved the thought of, you know, the Doctor and Donna and, you know, how they played off of each other. And I'll be the first one. This is the first time on Doctor Who I ate crow because I was so anti-Donna at this point because I hated her in The Runaway Bride. Oh, really? Oh God, I couldn't stand her. Yeah, I think I did too, and I think a lot of people wow. did too. She, yeah, 
Um, oh she did not. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe as a one timer, she was fine. But when they announced that she was going to be the replacement for uh, Martha, I was I was not happy. I mean, I was a big Martha fan for one thing, and I was not excited about uh, Catherine Tate joining because I that was the the Runaway Bride is the only thing I'd seen her. Exactly, so I was me not too. familiar with her other work. So that was the only picture of that character that I had. And boy, you know, they toned it way down for this one. Uh, she's a, she's, she, they refer to her character, of course, to the events of Runaway Bride in this, but it doesn't feel like it's the same character in a lot of ways. Yes and no. I agree with that mostly because, you know, I was the same way, Mikey. I, if she was one and done, I would have been great with it and her character was loud it was brash it's like oh i don't want that on the tardis i don't want somebody bitching out the doctor the whole time she's with him and i just didn't i didn't see it being a good fit and i was you know i was literally the same way when they announced that nardo was going to be a companion for doctor you know doctor 12 and it was just like, oh, Matt Lucas? Oh, God, what are we going to do here? And once again, I ate crow because I loved both of them. They both lived up to, you know, beyond expectations. And Donna literally is one of my favorite companions on the new series. And- yeah, Don- Donna's my favorite companion of all time. I mean, I I adore her. Now, did you and like I, her I, from I, Rockaway I hate- Bride? I liked her less in Runaway Bride. <laughs> I didn't hate. I didn't hate her. I don't. I don't think I. I hated her as much as you guys did. But, uh, but yeah. But it was kind of a one-note character in Runaway Bride, and it was more about how the character was written. And they would have had to tone it down because you just couldn't sustain that over an entire mm-hmm. season. It would have made her too unlikable. Well, yeah, it, but. It, for the season, oh, she I was going to say is that she became the, the, the relationship between the doctor and Donna ended up becoming more familial. So it's very much a brother and sister kind of thing, more of a mm-hmm. thickest thieves friendship kind of thing between the two of them. Because I really liked the fact that she would call him out. And I mean, in a comedic, even, even so in a comedic way, and just would always kind of challenge him more. All his companions would challenge him in different ways, but hers was very unique to Donna. But I agree that she was very brash in Runaway Bride, and in this one they toned that down greatly. Oh, I think exactly. what helped, yeah, what what helped I think a lot with it is that this episode it was very. What I was trying to the word I was trying to look for was this vaudeville. It was it reminded me a lot of those Abbott and Costello kind of meets mm-hmm. the Mummy yes. meets Frankenstein yes. those kind of films, and that's where I kind of got that relationship between the two of them and how it was filmed in the the architect of, of architecture of this of this one. Oh, if they would have had Donna going. <laughs> <laughs> died <laughs> I, would have, I would have been loving every <laughs> come on Donna spit it out what are you trying to say <laughs> you know it, it would have been awesome you know I it would have been great but no it was awesome and I felt like they made her a lot smarter for the season than she was like you said very one note in Runaway Bride but this, you know, she was using her smarts to get information on the Atmos, on not Atmos, on the Fat Project and everything. And it was, it was awesome to see. And I just loved what they were doing. 
And she was almost like being a private detective type thing, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what was going on at this place. And, you know, somehow she might have figured, oh, maybe if I do this, the doctor will be there or something. And they also, in this episode, did a great job of introducing her family. Because we had seen Wilf before. In, uh, yes, we had seen him before. We, we had seen him, you know, he was... In a Voyage of the Damned. Exactly. Yeah. He, he was we working, hadn't seen him yeah. as part of the noble family before. No. And, no. But if you remember, at the, in the season next season in the in the holiday special when the doctor and you know, Wilf were talking he says there's something special about you I kept on running into you type thing and you know it was a great little twist to have Even it when be I was that Peter Cushing well exactly see <laughs> <laughs> and you know I was so happy to see Wilf do it and you know I loved it and hated Donna's mom right from the beginning. It was awesome. Well, I, I will say that is my nitpick about this episode is, is <clears throat> RTD's tendency to have the mother a shrew character. I mean, we see that every season with Jackie, with Martha's mom. He, um, RTD's mother issues come up every time. And I get tired of watching middle-aged women get stereotyped in this sort of you know, it's almost like the character, like Donna's character from the Runaway Bride. They're loud, they're brash, they're shrewish, they're they're not likable. Funny, she didn't look shrewish. And there's little nuance to them. Right. No, and that true. You know, it starts to piss me off because it just becomes this this caricature. Well, that's one instead of the, of the real character. I hated about RTD's run was he always had to introduce the families of the companions. You never saw that in the old series. Well, I don't mind the families. I just don't want the families to all be the same. Well, exactly. And the dynamic is the same. And I thought in this one, uh, it works a little bit better because in order to tone down Donna and to reintroduce people to her, uh, you have, uh, you give her a mother that is abrasive. So therefore she seems less abrasive. (laughs) <laughs> and and then in comparison yeah, and you and you give him you know you give her a grandfather who originally was supposed to be was her father who unfortunately uh that actor died while they were making this so they had to reshoot all those scenes and 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 yeah Wilford was not supposed to be in this season at all uh you know it's just amazing considering where his character goes through the rest of Tens you know I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. like he comes, he, he becomes, becomes very he becomes really iconic yes. character. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was the last minute, like, let's get him because, you know, uh, this actor passed away. Now, I don't know if Jeff Noble, who was the uh, character, you know, that was originally in the Runaway Bride, I don't know if he was supposed to end up being like the key to the doctor's demise, but. Who knows? Yeah, only only <laughs> R- only RTD can knows that stuff. But um, but yeah, I I definitely though agree that uh, um, the the family's not so bad. The, but the dynamic has to change. Um, and uh, and and it does. But it will take uh, someone else coming in to do that. No, exactly. And that's one of the things I loved was, you know, at least Russ, at least Moffat didn't carry it on from RTD there with the families. And, you know, you saw for what one episode, um, Amy Pond's parents 
and you never saw um you never saw the parents of you know the other ones so it was good you saw rory's dad yeah Yeah. you saw you saw clara's family well yeah yeah, when the doctor was (laughs) naked in front of him it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah it was it wasn't the same no not at all so yeah i think it was pretty you know families get rid of them don't need it on doctor (laughs) who Yeah, well, like, yeah, I mean, I think it can work. It's just not, it, it needs to not be one note and it, and it became that way. And so it just, it got annoying. But I, I will also say this, this episode's a bit story light, but I don't care because it's really about the chemistry between Catherine Tate and David Tennant. Well, that's what that's, the, that's the most important thing, establishing that relationship between Donna and the doctor. Exactly. And that's what they were building in this episode completely. And you know how the how the season was going to run between them, and the scene you know when he's on the catwalk outside the the window washer, and she's on the other side of the portal door, and they're just like mm-hmm. talking back to forth. It was just awesome. That's that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was that was a, a very unique way to uh, reintroduce these two, and and perfect in every way to the to the. The, like the, the the joke or like the punchline is is that while they're doing this everybody in the room is watching them. yes <laughs> yes right yes. that was a great cutaway to just... anybody yeah. exactly yeah Mrs. but the, the reactions between both of them when they first the recognition of who of, of each one where the doctor's just he goes from wait and then bewildered to further bewildered i mean he just keeps getting more and more bewildered with his reactions of how no seriously how and yeah. she just is just brightens up all of a sudden with, exactly and being able to it's go me. through and, you know? it's, yeah, and he's exactly. like i can see that <laughs> and that both of the actors i mean they were able to do that in a script without talking and it was simply just miming and you're far away from one another. So they were able to film that and it worked with these two characters so well. And I think that, I think that because that we all have friends or or family or whatever, that if you can, you can almost like, you feel like you share a same brain cell where you can mm-hmm. communicate with one another without just saying anything. We just, you yeah, know, you exactly. just, you just start miming stuff and you one another can talk, can, can translate that. And that really is rooted to a really deep, great connection of, of, of friendship or what have you. It's reintroducing a character and that the two of them are able to do that. I think that really kind of solidified their chemistry right at the get go. And that they didn't have, really have to do any more building for the next, you know, the, the next episodes following the season. No, exactly. And I, th- and I think they desperately needed that reintroduction uh, because, you know, I, I know that, you know, Mike and I were not the only ones who were not happy with, uh, her, uh, coming back, uh, to, to a, for a full season as a companion. Like that was, people were really kind of nervous about it. Um, and, and, you know, with some reason, but. But it was interesting because, you know, the story moved and it was interesting. The stories this season, pretty much most of the way through were very strong going through all the way to the final, you know, with the Daleks all the way through. And then the little introduction at the very end of a very familiar ex-companion, you know, the blonde who I will not speak. The blonde who I could, (laughs) will not speak of, 
Yeah. And so the one who must not be named. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, uh, you know, after after the doctor and Donna, you know, decide, and, and I want to talk about that scene because I think it's really incredible uh, when she, you know, finally uh, does get on board the tort, uh, get on board uh, the TARDIS. Um, but after that, you know, you're kind of like, okay, we've got a new companion now. We're ready for adventure. And then they cut back and then we get like Rose again. And then it's almost like, man, the whole mood of this episode just changes at the end. Like all the music from Marie Gold is introduced with this, you know, the Rose theme again, but it's so like intense and slow. And you're just kind of like, what is happening? Like, it's just really, um, you know, is a big, 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 uh, I don't know. It's almost like a kick in the gut, really. I mean, and not, not, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean I wasn't, I didn't want her to come back, but it's almost like you did all this. (laughs) I know you didn't, but, um, you know, it's like, wow, where, what, what does this mean? And, you know, uh, it just seems a a weird way. It almost undermines Donna in a lot of ways, right in her first episode. Well, it almost undercuts her. Well, if you think about it, not only did Don, you know, Rose come back this that season, you also had, you know, the companion from the previous season come back for multiple episodes. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Martha comes back too, but it's like, I mean, that that's later. I mean, as far as this episode goes, um, and and oh, I think it's, I think this is the first time I can recall anyway that. Um, getting back to that scene where she, you know, they're on there, they get to the TARDIS and, and Donna's really like, let's go. And he's like, this is the first time I can recall the doctor, like hesitating and being like, you know what? Uh, as much as I'd like to have somebody with me, it, I do damage to companions. <laughs> like, I, like this is not gonna, I mean, talk about, you know, foreshadow, this is not going to end well for you. And in some ways it ends up like it ends worse for her than any of the other companions uh, later on, we find out. So looking at this scene, knowing that it really uh, is powerful, I think. Um, And, and yes, he does really want somebody. And I think ultimately he wants her, uh, but um, it's a real big switch because usually he's like, come on, let's go on an adventure. (laughs) And this time he's like, um, and the companion's like, let's, let's go. Let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought it was a really, really good scene uh, between the well, two of them. Well, you, in this episode, you also saw how lonely the doctor was. Because you remember the scene where he was in the TARDIS working yeah. on the device. And he was like talking out loud, waiting for the companion to go, doctor, what is it? Or something, you know, and there was no one there. And you felt how lonely he was in that scene. And yeah, it was like without, almost... without that stuff, I don't know if I would have been even at the end of this as thrilled with Donna, but like that kind of showed me that, okay, we're going to go through some stuff here. And it's not just like, Hey, it's not just business as usual, grab a companion and let's go. Mm-hmm. I liked that scene at the end when he, the, the two of them are talking and they did the, the, the little joke of him just being kind of exasperated. Like, look, I just want to meet, I just want, you know, I want a friend. Mm-hmm. And to what? me, it was to almost me? as if RTD was kind of telling the audience who was yeah. kind of who was very divided, more so in the well, can the doctor stop having love interests and can we just get back to science fiction? Because that would be really cool. Because you had that the, the Rose thing, but then you had the Martha thing where I think it was a great 
problem with Martha's character that they wrote her pining for the doctor. And it's like, why? She's such a brilliant character. Let her just be awesome. So that's Mm -hmm. my own little gripe with Martha's part. I don't think they just uh, arced. They didn't just do her justice. So I think this was finally that little moment of going, can we can can we not have romance at all in a Doctor Who one? Can can we just have two two characters getting into trouble through the galaxy in space and time? So I kind of to me I, when they were when they were going back and forth and she just kind of like I'm not going to mate with you, sunshine. What the heck is wrong with you? I I, I almost kind of see that as spit, talking to a little bit at least to me and the audience going, yay, we get to actually just watch and have fun. Science fiction. I don't want romance right now. And when the anyway, ten- and then Rose showed back up. Oh, which, of course. Which, tenth- yeah. which I get was probably a look, his little telling audience, look, this is going to have a huge arc. This is the, here's our foreshadowing, but maybe not in her reintroduction. Maybe Rose could have popped up the second or third episode to kind of start, you know, putting the little Fe- seeds of, hey, we're up, working yeah. to something. Well, I think, I think he's doing two things. I think he's doing a couple things. He's also like hedging his bet for those, for those fans who are not that excited about her about Catherine Tate joining he's kind of giving you like hey Rose is coming back Rose is still around (laughs) exactly like so I think you know there's a little bit of that but uh I always look at when Ten says uh when he's talking about uh his time with Martha because uh Donna asked him about Rose and asked him about you know Martha whatever and he said that was complicated and you know ultimately didn't work because it was and it's it was my fault and I'm like, that's RTD apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very much so. But he ruined a great companion by making her love sick. Yes. <laughs> it's like, please watch Torchwood where we'll make her a lot better. And that's let her what, do her thing. That's the way I interpret that anyway. That's RTD's apology. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that fits perfectly too, because, you know, basically, you know, she was the rebound and basically when he said i just look for a mate you know to hang out with and she's like i'm not gonna mate with you buddy and it's like yes and it was just awesome it was just awesome martha was great and like everyone says she was a great character that wasn't utilized well enough and then for them to throw her with mickey was just a slap in the face at the end well yeah that was just ridiculous but that i mean that's what happens in rtd world the, it's like Donna, he undermines Donna at the end by taking away all her agency and then, oh, well, but it's okay because because she got married. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, it's it's really not. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah, the, yeah, I haven't really thought about it before, but if we look at the RTD era and specifically how he treats the end of uh, the companions, like what happens to all of them, they all end in really bad ways. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, Rose gets a replacement doctor, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, what happens to Martha is, is better, but, you know, I think the way she's written after this is, is not great. Um, you know, putting her with Mickey, it's like, mm, she, she can do better than a tin dog. And then, of course, and of course, Donna is just the tra- most tragic of them all, I think. Oh, yeah. But it's interesting because back, to, I'm going to rewind us a little bit and bring us back to this episode. You know, you remember the Adipose, you know, these guys? We have to talk about those a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome that um, these, this story, though, it was interesting because, like you said, 
it wasn't huge monsters, but it was the monster in this one was actually Miss Foster mm-hmm. out of out of everyone. And she was the evil nanny. The evil yeah. nanny, exactly. And she was perfect at that. It was just like, you know, why would, you know, a company like, you know, Adipose Industries have security guards with like automatic weapons and such, you know, these guys running around. It was just, it was just ridiculous. And it it was over the top in a lot of ways. And, you know, a friend of mine actually said, I was talking to him about a month ago about this episode and they were like going, you know, this, this episode was being accused of fat shaming a lot, you know, because of, you know, the, the little adipose guys and you well, actually could see that i mean i could see why they would say that mm-hmm. and you know oh doesn't everyone want to be skinny and you know the whole thing and just not everyone who's overweight is on diet pills or you know you know some people are content with some of their weight and stuff but you know other people you know are trying to fix it but it was just felt like let's make these people feel worse that we're going to kill everybody off who's heavy you know it's just like no 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 and then the scene with yeah, that's with, what a bad guy does i mean the bad guy like you know the bad guy a good villain goes against someone's vulnerability you know and i could see where you know there's a lot of companies out there that do take advantage of overweight people and and sick people and so i just looked at it that way i mean sure you could make a case for it but i don't think it's i don't i certainly don't think it was the intent and i and i you know there are worse cases out there um, oh of course look at so look at the I, biggest loser come on <laughs> i mean and and really you know it's kind of unrealistic i mean if an alien race wanted to go and 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 feed off uh you know uh morbidly obese people they definitely wouldn't go to britain they'd go to america i mean wrong countries yeah <laughs> and she was like she's like i can't believe like we're in this hotbed i'm like you know just an ocean over like you know you've got like prime like prime candidates for you right now you could get like 10 billion um but uh uh yeah that's uh, uh you know everything's london centric i get it so when when there was the episode where um, it was like the alternate kind of reality where the doctor had had died and remember it was like um, everybody was was sent out to camps and everyone in their homes had and the oh, Titanic yeah. had fallen. Um, turn right. Was turn that, left? Uh, yeah. Turn um, left. Turn left. Did they mention that that had happened in America? I yes. want to that, that, yes. that that actually that it didn't happen here. It in turn left. It happened over. over no, in it happened. It happened in Britain. It happened all around the oh, world. Oh, it did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Now, that was one of the things that they said happened. All these people, like, disappeared overnight because, you know, the weight loss and stuff. And it was, it was just, it was interesting to see. And, you know, so question for you guys. Did Donna, you know, institute that woman's death by her turning that necklace in the house? And that woman he, she was visiting, you know, started having all the adipose popping out of her. I know well, Miss Fo- I know Miss Foster finished it off because it was unscheduled and so she said just finish it, you know. Donna in her investigation gets one woman killed and gets a reporter kidnapped uh, or uh, captured. That's what she that's what she does in her investigation. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Donna bumbling around, 
you know, Foster wouldn't have known about either of those. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's her investigation skills <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if she had actually done something to cause there, woman. It's not directly, but I mean, yeah, her, it's the her, little pill could I mean, twist. it's not intentional, of no, course. No, right. Oh, it wasn't intentional, but it, she started it. Yeah, yeah, she was fiddling yeah. with it. Yeah, because yeah, if she hadn't been fiddling with that, and if she hadn't taken it uh, and fiddled with it, Foster would have never have suspected either of them, those people, and they'd both still be around, I guess. Oh, um, and it, it was totally dumb, the whole thing with the reporter being tied up and, you know, the doctor, you know, untying her, but then she got tied up again, and then the police would not untie her. That she was hopping through, the, yeah, yeah, that was that over was just, the top. That was just the like, reporter wasn't even really necessary. It, it's par <laughs> for this story. episode. I mean, look, I was watching the episode, and uh, Michelle came in, and she was watching it with me, and uh, the part where Foster is, you know, uh, being abducted in the air, and all of a sudden the uh, light turns off, and she hangs there for like a good, you know, five ten seconds, mm-hmm. and then drops, and <laughs> Michelle said this is like a this is like a just like a cartoon and i'm like this whole episode is a cartoon i mean it really like it you know i mean you guys mentioned it before it's you know it's 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 got that shtick quality that vaudeville that you know but i mean it really is just over the top and silly and um you know which is fine i i it's it's fun um and the adipose i mean we haven't really talked about them but you know they're i think they did a pretty good job they had a pretty good they had a pretty challenging um uh challenge in front of them actually uh sorry to uh to make something like this little creature like kind of cute you know and, oh it's adorable and, with the um, one little tooth and everything it was great one little, one little fang or big tooth eyes or yeah. little marshmallow type guy I mean, almost, yeah, i'm almost curious to see what the parents look like <laughs> i mean as we've seen before in stuff that uh, like in in movies and TV, when they try to introduce some little cute alien thing or whatever, sometimes it doesn't. It works horribly, horribly wrong. Like it goes horribly wrong, and and yet I think it's it's you know, despite that, they're pretty disgusting when you think about it. Um, like I don't know if you would actually want to touch one. I mean, they're little cool. walking pieces of fat. Yeah, they're walking pieces of lard. <laughs> Well, even Donna saying, I'm, I'm, I'm waving at fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part where you're just really showing off that it's the cart, a cartoon and that whole world right there. She's like, am I really doing this? Because mm-hmm. it's cute and just, and it's little and it's little garbled, little tiny little kind of voice. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very, inf- because it's, it's a baby. It's infantile. It's cute. It's, it's a, it's a cartoon. So it's like one of those monsters that it's, you how can I hate it because it's adorable, but you represent a bunch of dead people. So uh, exactly. yeah, we're getting a few mixed messages oh. here. Exactly. One, of the, one of these days, you know, we're going to see an adult one. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> and what does that look like? Well, exactly. <laughs> true. We don't know what they, they couldn't make their own. What was it? They couldn't make their own offspring. So that's how they subbed it out to, to, to foster, to, to make more and to, to, to make their take their children well, that's so another be interesting bit of, to go what was on that ship that's another bit of foreshadowing too um that they, they mentioned that uh, the reason that there's a pr- issue here is because the adiposian like planet disappeared 
And so right there we get like, that's a hint of, you know, planets are disappearing where mm-hmm. that's going to, that's going to, it's going to mean something later on to us. Mm-hmm. Well, not just that, but they also mentioned once again, the shadow proclamation in this, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. also another piece of shadowing. I never caught until I watched this, this time. Did you notice the taxi cab uh, that came to pick up for the woman who got turned into the, adipose and such when donna went out oh she's not here anymore he says but where's my feet you know and he says oh she's gone mate you know that type of thing it had an atmos sticker on the window and that played into the santarin episode because that's mm. what oh i noticed that yeah i didn't notice that and so it's just like oh, wow they were planning it even then awesome <laughs> well it, it, to be fair this, this is the fourth episode film so yeah. they knew a few, uh, they had a, they had an idea of what some of the episodes were, you know, prior to this. So they were able to use that, I think, but. Oh, very much so. And so I thought it was pretty awesome and it was just neat, the little things in it. And I think, you know, like you said, it was basically just meant to reintroduce Donna and put her on everyone's good side, mm-hmm. you know, and they did a great job at it. They did a yeah, in a very workout. cartoony way, in a very light and cartoony way. Um, and, and oh, another point that I wanted to make, too, is that, you know, similar to The Runaway Bride, we get, like, we get the 10th Doctor, like, you know, approaching Miss Foster and saying, you get one chance. I'm giving you, I'm warning you. This is a warning. And if you don't do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you down. And, and we know that he means it. Uh, if if you've not watched any of the other episodes, if you've just seen just the only other one with Don in it, you know that he means it. Like he will take you down hard if you do not uh, comply. Oh, very he's much a, so. But he's very sympathetic in this one to her. I mean, he actually tries to save her at the end. Oh well, he does, and you know, hey, because he heard the message, what was said, and you know that basically they were already planning on getting rid of her. And, you know, he was trying to warn her. He was saying, hey, come on, get up. You know, they're not going to be keeping you around. And she was just so headstrong. Oh, they need their nanny, you know, type thing. And it's just like, no, they're going back to their parents. This is what happens then. They don't need a nanny. Then the light turned out. And it was like, ah. it was just like, and like you said, it was very cartoony. Just her like standing there for like 10 seconds floating in air. Yeah. Looking yeah, down, that's very wily coyote. Yeah, but, they, oh, but you know, but that pride goeth before the fall. <laughs> that, uh, wow, Mary. as it fell. Oh my goodness! That, uh, <laughs> How was that for timing? Right. <laughs> that uh, that definitely you know uh, works in in telling us how far both characters have come since Runaway Bride. Uh, when when Donna says to her, "You." you've gotten older, you've changed, you know, like you've matured a little bit. Um, I mean, it's ironic that she says that to him, but, um, uh, but she notices because last time, you know, she took a, he took a villain out. I mean, he was, there was like, there was darkness and flames behind him. And he looked like he was like the second coming of the devil, you know, and, and here, you know, he's trying to save her. He's trying to help out. He's not trying to, uh, he's not all about vengeance and, uh, he's in a little bit better place, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, she... and I thought that was a nice nod to Martha. Yes, too. absolutely. Right, right. Martha was good for him, and he even admits that, mm-hmm. and and that's when he apologizes. 
which I'm like, you could have apologized to her. To <laughs> her would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> too little, too late there, buddy. Yeah, too late. She's moved on. Um, but, uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention, uh, about this episode is the first time I seen it, um, and actually talking about it up until recently, I didn't get the title. Uh, I didn't get the title at all. I just thought it was just this cute little partners in crime title. Um, but since then I've, um, you know, been, uh, like I've been, I've binged a lot of like, I get the Christie stuff and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, because partners in crime, and this is, you guys probably know this, but uh, for those people who are like me and were baffled by like, well, that's because it, you know, because Foster calls them that. She she says like, oh, you're a couple of partners in crime, eh? And it's like, I mean, I thought it was because they broke in, you know, like, oh, they're criminals. But really, she's referring to them as as detectives because partners in crime is an Agatha Christie detective series, which is, uh, I think, Tommy and Tuppence, uh, I think, are the two characters, and they solve crime and get into trouble doing that. And this is very much like a, in that style of like, you know, uh, two uh, young detectives just bumbling around and, and trying to uh, solve a mystery. And, and so um, I did catch that this time. So I patted myself very on the back cool. for that. Good job. Good job, Mikey. We're so proud. You go, boy. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you watch that 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 sort of English cozy mystery dra- uh, genre, um, yeah, you definitely would recognize it. Yeah, yeah, which I think, and you know, for us Americans, it just whoop, goes right over. Like we don't what partners in crime. That was a sitcom with Linda Carter, and no, sorry, that's not long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, showing my showing my age there. Wow. Okay, there. All right. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and read this one? Okay. Wow. <laughs> the adipose were really cute. No. <laughs> Donna is awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, those are good final thoughts. All right. Let's go ahead and rate this one. One out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. You know what? We will have Melanie go first. She's the one who picked this one. Well, because I picked it, you're going to probably already guess I'm going to give it a five because I absolutely adore this episode for what it is. I know it's cartoony. I know it's, you know, it's got a lot of, you know, slapstick kind of stuff. So for what it is, I love it. So that's awesome. All right, Mary. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I mean, there's some little nitpicky things about it, but it overall it, it's a wonderful episode it's it's a really good introduction of a companion and it's one of my favorite rtd episodes and i i'd recommend it to anybody okay mikey uh i'm going to give it a 4 it's uh it's it's great it's great fun i mean yes it's ridiculous but in a good way i mean in a way that you don't really you just want to you know you're just along for the ride and it's just fun mainly because of uh Catherine Tate and and uh um What's the name of the doctor guy? I can't remember. David Tennant. David, is that right? David, David. something? Uh, yeah, right. Sam, uh, Sam Tennant. <laughs> but uh, just, you know, because of their chemistry and everything, they make it work. And, uh, you know, it's a great way, like I said, it's a lighthearted way to introduce Donna because certainly in the next episode, she's going to, like, be taken to... The, it's She's going to be a wreck at the at the end of the next one. The next one's going to be too intense. So, uh, So it's a good way to sort of balance that out. That is, yep, I could definitely see that. And it's interesting because I was like going back and forth what I would rate this one. 
And I'm going to be with Mary and say it's a four and a half. You know, seeing Rose at the end, you know, kind of pulled it down for me. <laughs> you know, it lost the half the point right there. But overall, it, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, you know, this was the beginning of a really great season. A really good season. One of my favorites, actually, of the Ten of the Era. So definitely think we got some good stuff ahead of us. If you haven't seen these episodes, folks, please, you're missing some great, great stuff. So please go ahead, watch it. Let us know what you guys think. Please write us, Who at esonetwork.com. Definitely would love to hear from you guys. All right, Melanie, thank you, thank you for being here tonight. We really appreciated it. Well, thank you. I loved, I, I just love being on another show and being able to chit chat with more different people and talk who. I love it. Thank you. you could, good you, pick too. Exactly. Great pick. And you can only talk to Christian so many times. So, you know, it's always, you know, it's nice to see new faces. It's, so. good, it's good to see other podcasts every once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's that open relationship thing. It's okay. You know, you're allowed to see other podcasters. So it's, it's, it's good. And you're always welcome back anytime you'd like. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love that. Exactly. And Mike and Mary, we made it through another one. We did 250 episodes, folks. This is awesome. And, uh, we're not going to have cake. We're not going to have any big celebrations. We talk Doctor Who like we always do. And that's big celebration enough, which is awesome. So, Mr. Mike, thank you again, as always. And as always, it's been my pleasure on, uh, you know, from when we started this uh, on Earth Station One and then broke it off to its own podcast, you know, uh, getting together and talking Doctor Who is always, always a fun time with you. So thank you, sir. Oh, dude, it's my pleasure. Mary, thank you. Thank you as always. And thank you for being an amazing co-host also. Oh, right back at you. It's been wonderful spending this time with you guys. I love talking Doctor Who with you. Do you want to promote your stuff? You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVisionArts. Excellent. And everyone out there who's been sticking with us, there are folks who've listened to all 250 episodes. You know, you guys could be winning an award too. You guys should be troopers. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I haven't even listened to all 250 episodes. I've had to edit all of them. So yeah, it's, you know, (laughs) it's, you know, it's a cool thing. And, you know, folks, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us, for just sticking with us. And, you know, I know there's so many other podcasts you could be listening to, but, you know, it makes me feel a little special when people say, hey, keep on doing what you're doing. We love it and keep on going. Just don't talk about, you know, tire all the time Lord, and we'll be in good shape so it's good so hey there's some people who want us to do that so oh yes i know (laughs) speaking of episodes we are going to be back again in two weeks when we are going to be back at the third doctor era and we are going to be looking at the time monster so it should be a lot of fun to look at john pertwee it's been a while actually since we looked at him i think the last one we did was the solarians so it's been a bit since we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it's kind of ironic because in the Silurians, they, the Silurians spread this virus going around to people, you know, that people all around the world very quickly. Kind of something like that's happening now, isn't that, it? That does, might be topical. That, that does sound slightly familiar. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing on Doctor Who. Weird. Go figure. 
So it should be a lot of interesting. But until then, my name is Mike Faber. Thank you guys for everything. Until then, stay safe. And we'll see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace. And we are done. Boom. Hey, look, an adipose. (laughs) You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Hey everyone, this is Carrie the Metal Geek, and I would like to invite you to hang out with myself and my fellow Metal Geeks as we have all kinds of discussions about heavy metal, films and TV shows, video games, theme parks, comic books, and whatever else is tickling our geeks. Please visit our website at MetalGeeksPodcast.com and follow us on all the social medias including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Metal Geeks. We are also proud members of ESO Network, so you can check everything out at ESONetwork.com. Keep it metal, keep it geeky, stay safe, and see you on the next episode. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.